This is episode 31 of the Home and Family Culture Podcast. I'm Jody Chafee, and in this episode, I interviewed Ann Visser, a relationship mentor, coach, and speaker. Welcome to the Home and Family Culture Podcast, where I discuss how families can discover and design their collective vision, values, beliefs, and traditions that influence their family culture. In this podcast, I interview experts who offer tips and tools to inspire families in this process of developing their family culture, and also successful individuals whose success was influenced by their family culture growing up. Be sure to check out the show notes for this and every episode at homeandfamilyculture.com, where you can subscribe for my weekly newsletter filled with updates on the podcast and blog, as well as other tidbits of information I like to add. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, or YouTube. Please subscribe to your favorite medium. You can also find me on social media at Family Culture Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest, and at underscore Family Culture on Twitter. Be sure to comment, follow, like, rate, and share. But enough about all that. Let's get to the episode. Thank you for listening. A late bloomer in business, Anne started a new adventure working with women as a relationship mentor, coach, and speaker after raising her five kids. For the last 15 years, she's helped ordinary women live their extraordinary lives by redefining their marriages, families, and professional careers. Anne is a certified John C. Maxwell coach, mentor, and speaker. Welcome, Anne. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jody. It's just a pleasure to meet you, and it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. So the first question I wanted to ask you, what, tell us more about the nature of, of your work and the way that you help women in their relationships. So I am a relationship coach, a speaker, and trainer. I work with, with women and with couples together with my husband. And so 10 years into our marriage, we were struggling, and we sat outside our favorite restaurant, And I said to him, I can't do this anymore. And he looked panicked and he said, what do you mean? And I said, I can't do marriage like this anymore. And um, for the first time in a long time, I heard his pain. I was so wrapped up in our five children and myself that I hadn't seen him. And so we recommitted to each other that night. And the very next day I went to my mother-in-law's because I knew she had a library full of self-help books. And I pulled from I pulled from her book, uh, "Making Love Last Forever" by Gary Smalley, and he became our very first marriage mentor. And he taught us that conflict was the doorway to intimacy. That how we fought would help us to learn and understand each other's heart. And we didn't fight. We had something that looked more like long, cold, silent wars because we didn't want to fight. We didn't like to fight, <laughs> but we learned that fighting was important for marriage and there were things worth fighting for. Mm. He taught us that communication, there are different levels to communication. And we were only communicating at a very low level of communication. And we learned that, you know, if an ordinary farmer and his wife could fall in love again, anyone could. Mm. And so we started 15 years ago working with couples and I started working with women to help them have thriving relationships through coaching, speaking, and training. 
Yeah, that's awesome. That's so beautiful. And I love that you have that experience of going through that trial yourself so that when you meet these people, you say, look, look what we did. We were able to, we went through that. We know what you're going through and we've been able to overcome it. So that's, that's powerful. That's really powerful to have that experience. That's the biggest thing that we have going for us. We have this incredible hope Mm -hmm. that lives in us that if we can do it, anyone can. Yes. That's so great. Cause I think, you know, that's, I'm sure so many couples come to that that point I mean even even great marriages sometimes they probably go to get to arrive at a place we go you know we're kind of growing in different ways or (laughs) you know or things like that and and you know when you hit that place um that's it's great to know that there are resources available to learn and to develop your relationship and and take it to another level I think that it's there's there's to have hope there's not a there you don't have to quit (laughs) that's awesome Mm -hmm. yes and oftentimes the good part is on the other side. Mm. Yeah. It's on the other side. You know, working through that difficult time gives us more resilience in our marriage, in our marriages and in our relationships. And sometimes couples give up too easy and we say, yeah. no, don't give up. Keep pressing through, press on. Yeah. 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 I've heard this thing once where it was like, if you, if you think that you're at the end, just wait five more years and you'll probably, you will be at like, have a better relationship than you did before, even when you started. I don't know if that's true, but (laughs) it sounds hopeful. (laughs) I love that. Yes. (laughs) So do you mainly focus on marriage or you said, you mentioned uh, the professional careers and families. How do, how do you help families with those things? Well, we, we, I work with singles. And so I work with singles through a program called How to Avoid Falling for a Jerk. Mm -hmm. Uh, That program was written by Dr. John Van Epp. I love that program. It's very strong based on research. So I'm able to bring it into our local jail to teach the women how to have thriving relationships because that's a part of their downward spiral Mm -hmm. are the difficult relationships that they're in. Um, And so they love that program. They embrace it. It's fantastic. But we've also been able to bring that into our local school and into youth groups as well for youth retreats. And it's, it's a very, um, there's a lot of activities involved. And so we keep the kids moving and engaged and it's, it's an excellent program. I, as you can tell, I love this program. Uh-huh. That's awesome. I love so the we, title <laughs> of the program there. That, that, that's, a, that's a really great and I never, you know, it's interesting that you say that it leads, it's like the beginning of this trial of these women that end up in jail, that it's like, mm-hmm. you know, that a relationship can have that effect on your life. Yeah. It's, oh, yes. It, that's fascinating. It can sometimes make them feel like they're going crazy. And they're so used to being abused and being in difficult relationships that they don't know what it means to be loved and to be cared for. And in fact, they'll tell me, I am bored with a nice guy. And so I try to encourage them, you know, you need to be in that relationship for a little little while and be uncomfortable until you get used to being loved and cared for. I also work with women uh, through mastermind programs, just putting our minds together and and learning from each other. facilitate five to seven week masterminds. One of those courses is Be Curious, Stay Curious, which is a course that I wrote for the girls at the jail. But it's really about effective communication and and how to communicate deeply. 
So that's a mastermind that I wrote. I also work one-on-one coaching women. I love the coaching process. So meeting one-on-one with women, coaching is about asking insightful questions to draw out of the woman what is inside, what are her beliefs, what are keeping her from what the goals that she really wants yeah. to achieve and so to work toward that potential. It's a very respectful uh process and a respectful relationship I I love coaching and I love being a part a small part of a woman's journey as she's growing it's very exciting that's awesome and so then together with my husband we also work with couples Mm -hmm. Uh, we work with distressed couples one-on-one and then we also uh, run a five to seven week program in the winter time called great dates Uh, we bring couples together and we meet for five to seven weeks and we introduce the topic of the evening for about 20 minutes. And then they have the option to either stay in house and join a small group where we discuss that topic, or they can go out on their great date to a coffee shop or a local restaurant of their choice. And then they can discuss uh, the topic of the evening. Some couples feel safer in the small group. Uh, some couples, they don't want to hear what their spouse has to say in a small group. <laughs> And other couples, they just want, they, they have the small kids at home and they just need some time, just the two of them together. So, yeah, we also do phone coaching and mm-hmm. I do phone coaching for women as well. And I can hear a woman think on the phone. It's the most wonderful thing because that's what coaching does, right? It tries to stimulate our thoughts and bring us to new, new thoughts and new beliefs. So uh, I wanted to talk with you some more about this idea of family culture and, and the importance of it in our homes and in our relationships. So how would you define family culture? So I think that our vision is like the destination. It's, it's what we want our families to look like. And I think family culture is the vehicle that gets us to that vision of, of that picture of our family and what we want it to be. And so I think that a part of that uh, vehicle, a part of that culture is connection. Mm. Uh, you know, when you think about a mom, she, she, she becomes pregnant and that baby grows within her. And as the baby grows, we feel more connected and more bonded. And then the doctor puts the baby in our arms and we're flooded with oxytocin. You know, this, that's the super glue of relationships, yeah. <laughs> that hormone that bonds us to our baby. I remember walking down the street with our, our daughter. She just had her her first little girl and she said to me mom I didn't know that I could love anybody so much yeah that's that bonding that happens Mm -hmm. yeah and then that connection it needs to be nurtured as our kids get older Mm -hmm. so that um, we can nurture that in different ways like through family stories Mm -hmm. I think that's a very important part of culture so we, we define ourselves by our family stories. We celebrate the good things that happen to us through our family stories. They often begin with remember when, mm-hmm. remember when. And uh, so when, you think, when I think about celebrating, I would think about uh, a family trip that we took, uh, all five, all seven of us in the car. And our oldest boy, he entertained from doorstep to doorstep. So three hours of entertainment we laughed so much because he was telling his old man stories when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> <Cute>. <laughs> oh, 
on and on. And then he would go into his Donald Duck voice and we just had so much fun. And even as I'm telling you that story, I'm, you know, I can just feel it inside the joy of the family trips and the fun that we had. So family stories are like that, but they're also a way to um, process our grief or our difficult times. Um, yeah, like um, my mom, she was sick with kidney cancer. She passed away about 10 years ago. Uh, I remember sitting in this little room with my three brothers, my mom and my dad, and the nurse was telling my mom how to take this experimental drug. And she was saying to her, you know, you have to wear gloves when you're taking this drug because it's very powerful. And then you're going to have to flush the toilet a couple of times to make the room safe for everybody. I have to give you a little backstory. My dad was a plumber. <laughs> and unbeknownst to my mom, he, he installed he installed low-flush toilets. And my mom growled about these toilets that didn't work. <laughs> and so we're sitting in this little room and my mom looks at the nurse and when she said, you're going to have to flush a couple of times. And she's put her hands on her hips and she looked at my dad and she said, well, I'm going to have to flush more than a couple of times. <laughs> and we, we broke up laughing. It was a family joke <laughs> because my, my dad had done this. And it's just, it helped us in that moment to yeah. process, you know, our grief and to, to share in that moment. But during that time that she was ill, we walked the halls, the hospital halls with my brothers. They told me stories, family stories I had never heard before. And I'm so grateful for those moments with my brothers and my sister uh, where we could share in that moment and share more of those family stories that helped us, reminded us of who we were, of, of family and how important family was to my mom and to my dad. And, and helped us to work through those, that challenging moment. So I think family stories are so important to culture and family culture. That's a silly story, but... No, it's a perfect <laughs> illustration. It's, it's true. You know, so many families have their own uh, form of grief for one reason or another. And I think it's important to remember that. It's so important to, to remember that we have an identity that we can foster through those stories and memories. And um, that those are the things that... Help us remember that we're part of something, that we're not just here floating mm -hmm. through this great expanse all by ourselves, that, you know, we have, um, we have memories, we have experiences, we have stories that bind us together. So I love that. I think another way that we can foster that connection is through the family dinner table. Mm -hmm. I think that the family dinner table is a sacred place. It's a sacred place where we learn to, uh, we learn to communicate. Mm -hmm. Some of those family stories come out around the dinner table. Uh, we learn our very first communication skills where one person speaks and everybody else listens. Mm -hmm. Such valuable relationship skills to learn. Um, our family prayed together. And so uh, it's a place to learn that, you know, everything that we have comes from God, our father and, um, he is the originator of everything that we have. It's the place to learn that we belong together and we're in this together. You know, it's a place to learn our manners, please and thank you. Such important skills, relationship skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's a place to feel connected and to teach and to model manners and relationship skills. So what do you tell mommies with 
little children that don't sit at the table and you're they're going <laughs> sit down at the table oh wait that's just me maybe <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I uh <laughs> you know I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old who especially my four-year-old he is wild and crazy a lot of times and we just have to keep reminding him hey we're having dinner together come sit down and that's ex- that's exactly it, Jody. It's to it's to hold to that value, and eventually, they'll they'll learn that this is sacred time and this is our family time together. And it's just to press in that that's one of the things that's worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know okay. some some things are not worth fighting for. Right. You know, like the length of their hair, or you know, as they get older and they're teenagers. Some things are not worth fighting for, but family dinner time, I think it's one of those things that's worth saying and bringing them back again and again. No, this is, this is the time this is, we're going to sit and eat together, even though it may be challenging and may be difficult. So, I mean, relationships really are at the, I mean, at the heart of being able to, I mean, you're like a team. Yeah. I mean, you have to be able to learn how to, not just it's not even, it's not just about learning to get along it's about learning that you belong yeah and that that's really I love that, that. Yes. where that culture comes in in your family is is that you all may have that connection with each other mm-hmm. and so that's I love that that's <laughs> those are two yeah. really amazing tips I love it's true to have those stories to have dinner time be able to, and I love that phrase that it is worth fighting for. I mean, I think sometimes it's like, well, some people, like you say, with your, you and your husband, you didn't like fighting, but it's like, well, (laughs) some things are you, some things you really do need to uh, step up and say, this is important. Let's, let's be consistent. Let's, let's work at it and fight for this because Mm -hmm. our families are worth fighting for. Yes. And I think that's, uh, key too is the consistency of it um, and, and just working at it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very important to, to be able to um, so that the kids know what to expect. Yeah. 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 There's an expectation that we will sit around the table and we will listen when one person is speaking mm-hmm. and we will allow everyone opportunity to share another Another great time for connection is playtime. I think it's so important for moms and dads just to put everything away, all the mess, just let it be and just play on the floor. If they're little enough to play on the floor or run outside and play soccer or ball or, you know, whatever is appropriate for the kids. I lost so many games of hoops to our boys. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, it was a, it was, it was an important way to connect with, with my boys uh, to be able to, especially the youngest, because he was the last one at home and there was nobody else to play with. And he was used to a tribe of kids to play with. And all of a sudden he was home alone. It was a way for me to connect with him. And it was important for me to, to make that effort, to put everything else away. (laughs) Whatever was calling me was not as important as this moment with him, you know, 10, 15 minutes, a half an hour. Yeah. Ah, it's so worthwhile. I think that play family playtime is a place to learn that there are rules to follow. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually as our kids get older and to learn to cooperate and play together, to learn to let the weaker person win. 
sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and then to delight in the one that plays really well too, you know, to be able to let them have their moment of glory as well. Uh, I think those are important things because I don't know, my boys uh, weren't as academic as my girls and my boys needed that encouragement. It, it's just the way it was in our family. Um, so they needed that place to excel and to, and to and enjoy. When, when our kids were old enough, my husband built a volleyball sand court in our backyard. I call him Mr. Volleyball. I call him Mr. Volleyball. He <laughs> cried when everybody left home and he couldn't play volleyball anymore. <laughs> what, one of those family stories that we have is when our youngest son married. We, it was a destination wedding. And our daughter-in-law, beautiful Abby, she, her, the highlight of her week was the volleyball that we played. She just joined in with family and we just had such a fantastic time. But uh, the first day that we played on the beach, our, my family was a little frustrated that other tourists wanted to play with them. They weren't very good team members at that <laughs> right. moment. We'd all share. come from different, we'd all come. We all came from different destinations and we just wanted to be together. So my husband said, okay, 7 a.m. tomorrow morning, be here. We're going to play volleyball together before everybody else gets up. And I looked at him and I said, honey, there is no way that our family is getting up on holiday at 7 a.m. to be on the beach with you to play volleyball. That's not happening. Everybody showed up. Wow. <laughs> Everybody showed up. That's awesome. I was so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's so cool that you found you. That's like a thing that brought you, brings you all together and you can all, you know, come together for that. We're the family that plays volleyball at seven o'clock in the morning, apparently. That's so cool. <laughs> so one other thing that I wanted to talk to you about and ask you about is I heard you speak about these five magic hours that you talked about, ways that foster healthy relationships with our spouses. And so I wanted to give you a minute to, to cover what those five magic hours are and how they foster our, our spouse, our marriage, our marriage relationships. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to have moments of connection that are built into our marriage and they become habits. And so it makes it easy. You don't think about it. It just happens. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when it does happen, you know, this is it. This is the moment I'm connecting with you. And I'm going to take an extra moment to pause here and make sure I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. And so one of those magic moments can be our partings. So typically we say goodbye at some point during the day. And, you know, even if I think we work from home, it's important to say, okay, bye, you know, and have that moment of embrace, have a goodbye kiss and make sure that I know what's happening in his day today. So maybe it's just two minutes or three minutes. So if it's two minutes, five days a week, that adds up to 10 minutes a day. And then there are the embraces when we come together again at the end of the day. So to make it a moment, to make it an event where we hug, where we kiss, I'm so happy to see you. Okay, so my, we, we dog sat my father's dog. His, her name was Moxie. This dog would run to greet my husband at the door. And I thought, this dog is making me look very bad. <laughs> so I started embracing him like, I'm so glad to see you. <laughs> Won't be outdone by a dog. <laughs> 
I know for sure. But I think it is so important to welcome each other back after the day is done and to, you know, and to be happy and to foster that connection that we have with one another. Another moment of connection are the, the meals that we eat together. Maybe it's one or two meals. I think they're important. The dinner table again. Um, we pray together every morning. Most every morning we sit together and we cuddle and we pray. They're moments of connection. Sometimes they're the highlight of my day. I just love that uh, moment of connection where we connect spiritually as well as uh, actually hugging. Mm -hmm. And then there is, um, at the end of the day, we spend maybe five or 10 minutes talking about what is the highlight of your day? What was the low point of your day? What do you appreciate about me today? And then finally, what was your God moment of the day? Uh, and sometimes mm -hmm. that launches off into other conversations. Mm -hmm. But even when we're really tired, this exercise is easy. It's easy to remember. It's easy to do. It helps us to feel connected, even though we might be really busy. And it, it, uh, we often learn things about each other that we might forget to tell each other otherwise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's the consistency of doing it every day or most every day yeah. that had it really changed our mindset mm -hmm. and it made me think about oh this is the high point of my day in the middle of my day it gave me a sense of gratitude another habit is a like a daily or a, sorry a weekly date so about two hours for a weekly date mm -hmm. um yeah we like day dates we're not really into night dates so much we like uh beach walks we live here in prince Edward island and beautiful beaches uh, even in the wintertime, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so we, we prefer geocaching or hiking. So we love day dates. So we try to do that on Saturday or Sunday on the weekend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you start to add up each of these moments of connection, they add up to five magic hours. Now, Gottman has recently added another hour onto the five magic hours. Mm -hmm. um, and that last hour, he says, are... Um, is an hour of um, uh, talking about your concerns and your fears in a way that helps your partner understand where you're coming from. And it gives your partner the opportunity to listen to your heart and to hear what your concerns are. I love that. I really yeah. like, I like that the importance of that connection before you separate and the, when you come back together, I think that that really all of them obviously are awesome. And, but those ones too stood out to me because, you know, that's something that it's, it's, you know, I've thought of you, you know, I, I know that you're, you're important to me and I'm sorry that we have to separate yeah. and I'm happy that we're back together. And um, mm -hmm. in, in, in this, this relates to uh, in the book, hold on to your kids by Gordon Neufeld. He talks about that type of a relationship with your kids where how important it is that oh. when they come home, you collect them is what he calls it. You bring them in, you make <laughs> eye contact and you get them to nod and smile. It's about something, you know, if it's, you know, and that allows you to bring them back into your, your heart basically. Oh. And so it's, I really like that whole idea that, you know, you need to do that with your spouse too. You need to collect each other and say, you're important to me. And I, I like that you're back in my life <laughs> today. Um, oh. so I really like that, that idea that to make sure that that's something you're doing with, with your spouse too. That is beautiful. 
That's beautiful, Jody. I love that line. Collect each other. Yeah. Collect each other. It's <laughs> beautiful. Um, well, I, I like two of the things that you say because you say because you know one of the things that I've been thinking about is this whole idea of going from just surviving to thriving. And I like your story that you know that mm-hmm. you came to a place after ten years where you said we're not you're sur- not thriving anymore, you know and. <laughs> And that you've been able to go from that to, to from surviving to actually thriving and and being able to then um, turn around and share that with other people is really awesome because I think I think that that's so important we sh- we don't want to just be in our families just to just to survive just to go from one day to the next and not make connections with each other but those five magic hours are pretty awesome because you do you make that conscious effort to connect. And, and how important that connection really is and to make it an intentional part of your day. Because I think that we can, you know, part of family culture is that you do have to be intentional about it. You have to like, <laughs> you know, because if you go from day yeah. to day to day, not really thinking about it, then it will get away from you. And then you go, wait, we're, we're back to surviving again. We want to be thriving. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> How have you and your husband developed a team mentality or partnership where you recognize your respective roles in the success of your family? I was talking to my husband about this lately, and he said to me, um, I, see, I see us before I see me. And so we often talk about there's three people in our marriage. So there's you and there's me, but then there's we. Mm. And that we is a, it's a whole other entity. It's a whole other personality because it's bringing two of us together and it needs to be nurtured and what's good for you and me is not always good for us <laughs> or the we yeah. in in us and I think that came to us like a big puzzle um, and there were different pieces to that puzzle and we've been together for 37 years we've been married for seven years and one of those puzzles was the communication and the conflict, learning to conflict better. That was, those were two of the pieces of the puzzle. Other pieces of the puzzle were, I remember uh, driving on holiday into the mountains of Banff. And as the mountains were getting larger, I was reading his needs, her needs to him. And, and we, he was driving and he shared with me that his number one uh, need was words of affirmation mm-hmm. And that he didn't know that I appreciated him. And I could have cried because I didn't know that he didn't know how much I appreciated him and how much I I truly love him. And I started then words of affirmation for him. And I just saw him open up because I was all of a sudden speaking these words of affirmation over him. And he knows now that I really like him. I really appreciate him. And of course, that high-low appreciation has also helped too. But that was another piece of the puzzle that was missing from our picture. Um, something else that was missing from our picture and that we had to work on was the, the pain from our past. Um, he shares his story about emotional abandonment and having felt like he hadn't connected with his mom and dad in a way that he would have liked to. That was a thorn in our marriage that took a a while to figure out where that was coming from and what it was because his mom and dad are still together or alive and they are still, they never left, but this was a, an emotional connection that he hadn't felt. And it was keeping us from connecting Mm -hmm. because he hadn't learned how to do that. 
that was another piece of the puzzle that we had to work through together as a couple. And um, I had to, at first when, when he would, when he would be triggered, I would say, this is not my problem. This is your problem. You deal with it. Hmm. And that wasn't very healthy. (laughs) And when I started to ask him, you know, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? He started to be able to answer that question and started to be able to talk about it. And eventually we were able to get to the bottom of that, that piece of the puzzle uh, helped us to become better as a team better together better as an us and I really think that um, it's important for mom and dad that relationship that we have together um, we tell our couples you know the most important thing that you can do for your kids is to love each other is to just love on each other your kids will see you model that love and that compassion that you have for each other they'll see that you hold each other in high value that you treasure each other uh, that you cherish each other and um, I was just reading in my diary lately, our, our daughter was just little and she wrote, my mom loves my dad. I love that when my mom loves my dad. Uh, that you can yes. have a healthy relationship and they see it and then they, they aim for that yeah. because they have that. They see you modeling yes. that. That's awesome. Yes. And I yeah. like that it's so interesting that, you know, it, it's not just our, my problem or his problem. It's our problem. Like whenever, whatever we're each going through, it affects our relationship and that that's important to see it that way. I'm so grateful for my husband. He, uh, he's a farmer, so he works hard and he works long hours. Um, but lately I've been working very hard on this business. And he said to me, I'm going to take all of the domestic chores off of your plate. I, I'm, I just want you to be able to focus on what you're good at and what you're doing so that let's just see what we can do with this. So it's we, it's us mm-hmm. together. And I feel his support so strongly and I'm so grateful for, for that. And I feel so treasured, so cherished. Yeah, very much like a team. Yeah. Yeah, when we're a team, you know, we said I do at the, at the wedding. Um, I see a future with you. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I'm committed to you and I know that... Um, he would say to me, I know that I'm given to you a lot right now, but I know that it's going to come back sometime in the future. And I'm not counting. I'm not counting what I'm giving because mm. it's mutual. It's reciprocal. And I know that it will come back someday, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I see that. I see that, you know, my husband and I, we've gone through some ebb and flow like that too, where it's like sometimes, mm-hmm. You know, he'll be having a rough time with his job or, you know, things like that. And, and I'll be like, well, let's, and I try to boost him up, you know, I try to help him or, you know, we feel that way. And then there were, there are times when I've been dealing with, you know, new babies and postpartum or, you know, things like that. And then he's been my strength. He's been the one that's been bringing me up. And, and so it's, it really is, it's not just well, that's your problem at work. So just leave it at work. No, <laughs> he needs to come home and be, you know, I think that there have been many, I can say years that he's been enduring some of things with work that if he didn't have me as a support, he, he would not have been able to endure and vice versa, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's really, yeah. it really is crucial that, yeah, what each of us are going through, we, we need to have that support from the other 
Mm-hmm. And there, because there have been times mm-hmm. where he's like, I'm sorry, I feel like I'm such a burden because of these things I'm going through and, and or, you know, same the other way around. And it's like, no, you're not a burden because you supported me when I was struggling mm-hmm. with having, you know, new babies or, or, you know, self-esteem or whatever, you know, issues that we've been going through. And, and so it's mm-hmm. like, no, you're not a burden because I know that you would do the same for me. And that when we support each other, we will get through it. It's not something that you have to endure by mm. yourself. Well, thank mm. you so much, Anne. I really, I love these, these insights, these ideas. It's so important that we foster these connections with our families and that have that vision for our family, you know, and all of these things that you say, like, it's the vehicle. That's what's going to get us there to have mm-hmm. the, the connections and those stories and and the time that we spend together is so important. What are your last words of wisdom that you want, would want to share with our listeners? Oh, I just want to encourage couples, if they're going through hard times, to, uh, to, to have hope and to just to work through it and to work through to, when you get to the other side. It's so sweet. It's so worth the fight. The, mar- the marriage is worth the fight. And to, to get help, don't hesitate to get help. There's, there's lots of help out there. There are so many coaches and, and so many um, vehicles to help us to get well again. There's so many books that are written uh, to, just to get help and to find that help that they need in order to get to the other side. And for couples that are, are doing great, just keep on going, keep enriching your marriage. Uh, don't stop. You know, we never stop growing. We never stop knowing. So just keep it up. Yeah, because you are the leaders in your family and that will trickle down to your kids. They'll see that love being modeled for them and um, and they will grow. Where can we find you, Anne? Are you on social media or anywhere we, we could look you up? Yes, for sure. You can look me up at 4better. That's the number four, fourbetterforever.com. And um, I have a... Uh, so I'm on Facebook, mm-hmm. and you can also find me uh, my website as well as well forbetterforever.com. And I have a, a gift to give to your listeners. It's a listening quiz, and I would love to give that to your listeners. Anyone that wants to sign in, can we put that link at the bottom of your yes, podcast? Absolutely, fantastic. In the show notes. Fantastic. Thank you, Jody. Thank you, Anne. I had a a wonderful conversation with Anne. She's a great person. I love all the tips and resources that she discussed and the things that she provides and the services that she provides as a mentor, speaker, and a coach. Go to my show notes at homeandfamilyculture.com and you can see a link to her website and also the quiz that she's provided for our listeners. So be sure to go to that website and check out the things we talked about and the books that we recommended. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting me on this podcast. You can find me on social media at Family Culture Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and on Pinterest too. And you can find me on Twitter at underscore Family Culture. Thank you so much for listening. Please like and share and comment and rate and all those wonderful things. Thank you.